1: This is a 680 the fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 a.m. or 937 FM or download the fan app. And now it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show. Only on the fan.
2: to the Buck Blue Show. Here on the fans 680 and 93.7. Gang's all here. Well, not exactly. Got Derek Thomas in the house, our engineer, and will also be as our producer also today. We appreciate you doing double duty today, DT. As a uh, road dog not in today, that uh, Georgia basketball must be wearing him out. As a, uh, we get a lovely day here in Atlanta. Hopefully your week's off to a great start. Got the sun shining. It's going to warm up this afternoon. I bet there are going to be some people sneak out on that golf course this afternoon. Tell you about the uh, Chili Dip Open coming up a little later in the show. So we detail what happened last Friday. Great event, by the way. If you're looking to play some awesome golf, head up to Swanee and tee it up at Bears Best. Greens are perfect. And we got a lot to get to in a short time to get there. Let's get to work, DT.
1: Bucks. Big. Take.
2: All right, I realize we beat the Magic last night, but the chances are the Hawks aren't going to give us another play-in playoff series this season. Uh -uh. Ah-ah! Ah-ah! Trey Young has surgery scheduled tomorrow in New York City on his left pinky finger. And he's out for at least the next four weeks. Or let me just be real here. Most likely, he's out for the remainder of the season. And that means our season is basically over. Without ice cold Trey, we aren't holding off the Raptors or the Nets as we try to hold on to the final spot in that play-in series thing. Question is this, though. I pose the question to our listeners out there. Is it time to tip off the tank job to secure a higher draft spot? Or are we just going to try to grind out the rest of the season, try to get in the play-in series? Now, look, I understand. Tanking undermines the competitive spirit of the game. I get it. But this might be the only way to improve the team. I mean, let's face it. We're not going out there bringing in any of these upscale free agent players. I mean, the only way we improve is through the draft. So securing a higher pick would be huge.
3: Just saying. It's funny you say that, Buck, because, well, first of all, the, M- the NBA draft is so difficult to to know what you're getting outside of those top few picks. So, excuses. Some, mi- some might call it a crapshoot. However, just to make your point, literally the first thing I thought of when I heard that Trey Young was going to be out for a month was how much can we improve this draft position? Well, look, 25 games remain. And if you take it
2: through uh, you know, surgery tomorrow, and then they say he's out four weeks, so the next month. So he's out the entire month of March. You're we ass- don't see him in March. And then when April, when we turn the calendar to April, we've got five, six games left in the season. So what is he going to do, rush back? And are we going to try to hold on or squeeze out the final spot in this so-called play-in series? Is that really going to help the organization? Is it time to tank? Get in that draft lottery?
3: Secure a better pick? That's a dirty word. Improve the team? Unfortunately, though... You can get up to a five, six, seven 6, uh, in a draft. It's not a particularly strong NBA draft coming up as well. Well, so. if you
2: know what you're doing, maybe you get a couple of players that can I help you. I'm just
3: saying. So. A diamond in the rough can be found yeah, later, so, later in uh, the draft. Trey
2: Young could be out for the rest of the year. There, I said it. All right, let's talk Falcons football, brother.
1: The Dirty Birds are in our blood. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on The Fan.
2: All right, it's time for the Combine up in Indianapolis, and the Falcons are packing up, jumping on Mr. Blank's personal jet. Rise up! And they're flying up, checking into Indianapolis. I'm sure they're going to have a big meeting room, conference room, where they can all sit down. I'm guessing you're going to have Terry Fontenot, the general manager. You're going to have Kyle Smith, the assistant general manager. You're going to have Ryan Pace, the director of player personnel. Head coach Raheem Morris, offensive coordinator Zach Robinson, quarterback coach T.J. Yates. And I'm sure they're going to have a spot at the head of the table for Mr. Arthur Blank, who likes to be in on these personnel decisions. Because we need a quarterback. So the Falcons, they, they need to look at this as maybe the most important week of the year, this week of the Combine. It is time to vet this quarterback decision thing. And not a better time to do it. As you get to get in front of these top quarterback prospects. Look, it's only 15 minutes, but hey, it beats nothing. And you get to see some of them throw it around a little bit. 14 quarterbacks at the combine. Falcons going to be checking out every one of them. And it's not just quarterback where we need some help. Some other areas of the football team need some uh, solidifying defensive line, cornerback, receiver. I like to see us uh, get after an offensive lineman here or there. And know this, the Falcons, five of their uh, first seven picks, five of the first seven picks inside the top 110. And you're talking about some cost-controlled options. The opportunity to secure immediate contributors at a bargain basement price. This is huge. This draft is huge for our Atlanta Falcons. And I'm going to tell you, man, I'm, I'm encouraged as I start the show today about this quarterback situation. Word on Peachtree Street is the Falcons want to trade up and take one of these top three quarterbacks. That is the priority, and that's exactly what I want to hear. Don't want to hear about the veteran free agent. Don't want to hear about taking a quarterback later in the draft. Lord, that didn't work with Ritter, did it? No, I want to hear about the Falcons trading up and taking one of these top three picks. This is what I want to hear. You want to go young. You want to develop a young, talented quarterback. And let me just throw it on the table. I am more than a little bit reluctant to go after the number one pick and invest in Caleb Williams. And I know he's fabulous. I know he can throw off platform. And I know he's got all the stats any quarterback could ever hope for. But can he lead? I don't know about that. What have they ever won? What has Oklahoma or USC ever won with Caleb Williams as the quarterback? What about his character? I'm concerned about his character because the, the amount that you have to invest to move up to the number one pick and take Caleb Williams, you better be sure what you're getting. And I'm telling you, the research that I've done, I've got some major question marks. Can he lead? And what is this character like? I'm not sold on either one of those things. So I'm reluctant to see the Falcons do that. And I think that's a good thing because you can move up to number two or number three, come away with Drake May or the guy I'd love to see the Falcons get. QB1 on in my book would be Jaden Daniels. And you might be able to get them at two, three, or four.
3: And Buck, you're two things you're not alone on. One. Uh, it seems like Caleb Williams has been a consensus consensus number one pick for wait a, a year and a half, two years now almost. It seems well, like he gives off
2: the impression of was a just big gonna, guy.
3: You're right, that's fair. I think a lot of the a lot of the questions are about off field uh, makeup. And me, as, me, me, as, me, as we me, get me. closer to draft day, it seems more and more people have been critical. You're also not alone, Buck. Just to let you know, in your uh, in your hope for Jaden Daniels to become a Falcon, I was at my version of the coffee shop yesterday, aka my uh, nephew's birthday. And the the consensus seems to be again there that people would get excited about Jaden Daniels. that's that seems to be a big target for a lot of Falcons fans.
2: That's what I want to see happen. Let's make it happen. Now look, the other side of the coin is the edge rusher situation. We don't have one. I haven't had one for a while. <laughs> and look at I've seen some of these mock drafts where. You know, the Falcons at number eight are taking the Alabama edge rusher. At
3: this point, that seems to be the consolation, the unanimous consolation prize. If the Falcons aren't able to get their quarterback and they don't like any of the quarterbacks available at eight, that certainly wouldn't be a bad way to fall back into probably the best edge rusher in the draft, right? Well, no, no, I I vote against that. Okay.
2: I vote against that. You want a slinger, right? Falcons with a history of drafting underachieving edge rushers. I mean, do I need to drop the names on you? Please How about don't. Uh, Vic McKinley? My goodness, talk about embarrassing. Uh, we are not good. In fact, the Falcons are awful drafting edge rushers. So let's not go there. My goodness, let's, let's do that in free agency. And as I look around the free agency... Landscape and the Falcons should have, uh, from what I understand, roughly about forty million dollars in cap space. And here's another reason why you don't get Kirk Cousins and bring him in here and pay him all that ungodly money is because you don't need to draft you know? an edge rusher. You need to go get one in free agency. How about Brian Burns, Danielle Hunter, Chase Young, Green, uh, Grenard, Clowney? I mean, the list is long in free agency. Let's spend some of the money there. A proven edge rusher. A guy that we already know can play ball. Lord knows, let's don't take the Alabama edge rusher at eight. That would be that would be not smart. Roll down tide. So that's what I'm thinking, man. How about you? As we get the combine underway. Yeah, I'm fired up about this Falcons quarterback. I can tell. I think it really is the number one sports talk piece of content that we've got here. And it's not just Atlanta. It's all over the state of Georgia where Falcons fans are all over the state. I mean, we could be the Georgia Falcons, like the Carolina Panthers and Arizona Cardinals. We could be the Georgia Falcons and people all over this great state of ours are wondering what the Falcons will do at the quarterback spot. Number one topic in sports talk radio, the Falcons quarterback situation. And number two, we're going to talk about next, our Atlanta Braves. I think we're going to throw Freed today down at spring training. Man, I wish I was down there getting these white legs a little tan and checking out my Atlanta Braves. We're going to come back. There's one big-time player in this Braves everyday lineup. And I'm going to try to tell you, uh, don't expect him to run it back like he did a year ago. And I don't think it's that big a deal, really. But we'll talk about it next. Braves talk coming up. You got the Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
0: like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
2: Good job, Hubbard. Hubbard brought us A-game to work today, brother. and knocking it out of the park. Hubbard wanted to know what we shot in the scramble, the Chili Dip Open. I told him we'd get to that later a little, in the show. A little
3: curious myself. All right, that's a tease. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up too early. Yeah, a little later in the show. We'll get to all that.
2: Winners were 18 under. That's pretty good. Over two Tough days? conditions, too, man. I mean, windy, gusty. Is that front move through? Sound, does that sound like an excuse? Well, it's the Chili Dip Open, Buck. Come on. I'm just saying, when that wind blows.
3: Oh, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's worse than rain, cold. Oh, yeah. The wind's no going to mess everything it. up. Yep. No doubt about it. You
2: got the Buck Palooz Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. You know the drill. We're streaming at 680thefan.com. Click and watch the show and also get that fan mobile app. Driven by Beaver Toyota of coming. Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Let them wow you at Beaver Toyota. Up and coming, up in my neck of the woods.
1: For the latest on the Braves, it's time to go chopping.
2: All right, how much of a drop-off will we see out of first baseman Matt Olson this year, DT? I mean, no way... He's going to be as good as he was last year, Yeah, is it
3: fair to call it drop-off from a near-MVP season?
2: You love the league and homers. Let me uh, run through the stats from a year ago by Matt Olsen. He played in 162 regular season games. What? You know how many games there were? Um,
3: 162. 162? He played in every single game.
2: Yeah, that checks out, yeah. I like that. He had over 600 at-bats scored 127 runs, drove in 139, 54 bombs, 367 total bases, hit 283, his win above replacement, the war stat, 7.4, slugging percentage over 600, walked over 100 times. I mean, those are, uh, as we say in the Deep South, them. Uh, them are good numbers right there. I'm just saying. See what I'm saying? I mean, those, number, number video numbers, those are video game numbers. Those uh, are video game numbers right there. Now, when you look around the National League, there are some quality first basemen. I mean, you got Freddie Freeman out in L.A. You got Bryce Harper now up in Philadelphia. You got Goldsmith in St. Louis. You got your boy Alonzo up in New York City.
3: You're not talking to me, are you?
2: Well, I was just throwing it out okay, there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so uh, you got some quality first baseman. Now all those guys are getting paid a chunk of change, just like Olson, who's really a bargain. I mean, Olson's getting paid twenty-two million dollars this coming year. Good money if you can get it. But come on, Freeman's making twenty-seven mil. Harper making uh, over twenty-five million dollars a year. Goldsmith twenty-six million dollars a year. So the Braves are getting a bargain uh, with Olsen there. Alonzo will be a free agent after this season, and he's going to try to cash in. I think they're paying him a little over $20 million this year. Here's what I want to see out of Matt Olson. Now, over the last three years, his final year with the Oakland A's and his first two years with the Atlanta Braves, he's averaged playing 160 games, 42 home runs and 117 RBI per season in the last three years. I don't see that falling off this coming season. So what do I want to see from Olsen this year? I want to see him play another 160 games. Why is that important? Because we don't have a backup first baseman.
3: Hold on, Buck. You haven't seen these clips of Marcelo Zuna just looking well, like a cat at first base? <clears throat> As I just said, we don't have a
2: backup first base. <laughs> okay, okay. This is the big leagues, man. This is the show. <laughs> Ozuna? Are you kidding me? We don't have another option. So it's important that Matt Olson's go out there punching the clock every single day. So I want to see him play 160. And hit somewhere between 35 to 40 home run. Drive in somewhere from 100 runs to 120 runs. Score 100 runs. Is that asking too much out of Matt Olson? I don't think so. That would be under what he's averaged over the last three years.
3: You're talking about those averages. You're talking about one year in that Oakland lineup. Say whatever you want about them. And then we know he struggled early on uh, last season, getting getting changing leagues, changing teams, changing cities, coming home with a lot of pressure, big contract, et cetera, et cetera, replacing Freddie Freeman, et cetera. So two of those uh, years. And then last year we saw such tremendous produ- production. But you talked about a drop-off. He could he could drop all the way down to hit 275 and only hit 46 homers, and that would be a drop off. And I think uh, I think yeah. most Brace fans would be willing to take that.
2: Well, again, just hit 30 to 35, 30 to 40 home runs. Higher, higher. Uh, we've got a better situation in left field where Kelnick is probably going to go over 20 plus bombs. So we're going to have some other areas where guys are going to uh, step up the production and their uh, their position. So we can afford Olson to drop off just a little bit. Here's the thing, though. When the postseason shows up, that's when I want Matt Olson to show up. I need the three-run bomb in the first game of the NLDS. I think you nailed it. I need uh, a couple of dingers in game three of the NLDS. I need Matt Olson when the postseason arrives. I need Matt Olson to play his best baseball of the year, make an impact with that big bat he's got, hit some huge bombs come postseason time. That's what I want out of Matt Olson. You got that right. And if he can do that, I'll be thrilled. Because you know what? I don't really care if they raise another one of those pennants. They put on the light pole over here at Truist for... Winning the division, uh, I really, <clears throat> I'm not putting a priority on that. Are you going to show up come postseason time? Are you going to deliver some big hits during the postseason and get our team back into the World Series with a chance to win it all? That's what's important. Not whether Olson goes over 50-plus in the regular season. I'll tell you what, I love Matt Olsen. I love what he's about. He's consistent. He's a pro's pro. He shows up ready to play every day. And the ladies love him, Buck. Oh, do they? I, That's what I hear, yeah. I hadn't heard that. Is that what they're saying at your coffee shop? That's uh, what I hear at home from my girlfriend <laughs> all the time. The ladies love him. Big fan of Matt Because
3: Olson, the man. chicks dig the long yeah, ball. I think you nailed it.
2: Is that what it is? So, Matt Olson, you know, have a solid season and then show up big come postseason time. That's what I'm hoping. Hey, let's see what's popping out there.
1: Let's find out what's popping.
2: What's popping? Well, how about this? The NFL Combine gets underway on Thursday. And get a load of this, DT. I want to get your reaction on this. I'm blown away at this. I'm really blown away that there will be three, maybe four NFL head coaches that don't go to the Combine. I I mean, you got Sean McVay with the L.A. Rams. He didn't go last year. He's not going this year. You got Mike McCarthy in Dallas. He's not going to the Combine. Definitely think he'd want to be there. You got that bum that coaches the Jets, Salah is his name. Yeah, he wasn't there last year, right? Salah. Yeah, he's not going either. And now the first-year head coach for the Boston Patriots, Jared Mayo. He's saying he's probably not going to the combine. Now explain to me, yeah. how
3: can that be? You catching up on your Netflix shows or something? I mean, how can you not be at Look, the combine? Look, I can
2: understand if you had a death in the family. Oh am sure. I mean, obviously uh, your child situation. was in the hospital. Sure. Your wife was struggling with something. I could understand if that was the case. But, hey, Sean McVeigh saying no, no, no. He says, and I believe what he's saying here, the tape is the most important thing.
3: Oh, okay. I, so I he's agree watching with that. the yeah.
2: tape. He's seeing the tape of all these players in every game that they've played. He's, he's doing his due diligence there. And I agree with McVay, too, saying, look, football's not track and field. Is, and that's what he's saying the combine is. Basically,
3: it's track and field. Yeah, the game's played in pads against opponents, not, uh, yeah. McVay's also saying
2: fields. the workouts are filmed.
3: So he's able to see the workouts. So that was going to be my first comment. He can do all this basically through through the Internet, through Zoom. Obviously, the film is right there. Don't you want to get face-to-face with some of these guys you're thinking well, about? Well, got infesting?
2: that covered too now because he will
3: participate in the interviews via Zoom. See, but that's not face-to-face. That's computer screen to computer screen, which obviously can still give you an indication. But I don't want to get as close to close him up. Close and personal to these guys as yeah, possible. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Well, for, I mean, what? Are you, what else are you doing? Are you just staying at home watching film nonstop? Can't you do that in Indianapolis? Well, have you seen McVeigh's wife?
2: Yeah, he's busy. It's the off season, brother. All right, okay, that's fine. It's the off season. No, off season's over, Buck. Hey, NASCAR, man, they're knee deep in it, coming off Daytona. And how about the race down at? Atlanta Motor Speedway over the weekend. Here they go three wide at the finish line. Boogity, Can we relive boogity, that? Boogity. DT, let us relive that. Here comes the energy. Here comes the support from the back. That third row. How oh, does he block? Does he block high? Does he block yeah. low? Here it comes, Cow Bush to the middle, shooting a gap. No help with Cow Bush. Oh, no, Suarez right alongside him. Three wide. Off Look third at this. Floor. Here they come to the flag. Three abreast. Photo finish. three wide finish have you ever seen anything like that yeah one of the great finishes in recent Woo-hoo. memory there three wide at the finish line you may have heard that on our sister station extra 106.3 they take the uh, nascar hours over the weekend they take that off talking politics and we go nascar what a great finish man that was awesome and i'll tell you what the boys at the coffee shop my coffee shop were talking about this morning was was your boy cam newton how about Newton, man? Brawling over the weekend. Did you see the video on social fisticuffs. media? Yeah. So Cam Newton is, is hosting a seven-on-seven competition. Now, this is invitation only. Invitation only. And Cam Newton's team, Wee Ball Sports is the name of his team. We Ball Sports is Cam's team. Cam got jumped by six guys... Six of them jumped Cam at the same time. And they were on the top-shelf performance team. It's a national uh, 18U team. Got jumped by six of their players. So six of the seven jumped Cam off the field over by his little hospitality tent area. And reportedly, it was all over a uh, post on Instagram where they're talking smack on on the ground. Oh, my God. Talking smack back and forth. And then it exploded at the event. And let me tell you, Cam was holding his own brother. I mean, Cam had one dude in a headlock and was throwing a right hand and connecting on another guy with his left arm and a headlock on one of the other dudes.
3: Say what you want about Cam Newton, perhaps his, uh, his fashion sense or his play on the field. I do not want to get in a physical altercation with Cam Newton. That's for sure. Cam Newton, getting that time, brother. Big man.
2: The uh, seven on seven. I never thought he'd get that physical. It sounded like it was like seven on one. Yeah, Cam taking care of business, brother. I mean, Cam looks like he's about two hundred sixty pounds yeah. too. He's 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 still. Uh, He's That's not in playing play-in shape right now. But I still wouldn't want to
3: take a right hook from that man. I'll tell you who
2: is, though. The Georgia baseball team, you see this, off to a 7-0 Whoa-wee. start under Wes Johnson, the new head coach. They're averaging over 12 runs per game. How about them? Oh, in a big week for the Georgia baseball team, you got Presbyterian tomorrow. Michigan State on Wednesday. And then you got a three-game series with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. First game Friday in Atlanta. Saturday in Athens, Sunday at the Gwinnett Stripers Stadium in Gwinnett.
3: So they got the Blue Hose coming in this week, and then they get the Jackets on the weekend. And let That's me tell insane. you, having played four years of baseball for the University of
2: Georgia, this is where you really pad your stats. Is against these teams that are from the north, and early in the year you load up your schedule with these teams from the north that have probably been outside a day or two. They've been working indoors. And you're facing these guys, these pitchers that have not thrown outdoors yet. And so all you're doing is you're sitting on fastball, baby. Sitting on fastball. And you're padding the stats. So I wouldn't go ahead and pencil George into to the College World Series yet. The SEC, the toughest conference in college baseball. But they were off to a good start. And it's good to see Wes Johnson. Already making an impact there at Georgia. And one last story here. Uh, We got Georgia and Kirby Smart has hired the new wide receiver coach. Did you see this? And he was on Brent Key's staff at Georgia Tech. Rarely do you see this. Kirby getting back at Tech and Brent Key for taking Buster Faulkner off his staff and inserting him as the offensive coordinator. Now, Kirby strikes back at Tech, and he brings in Josh Crawford to be the new running back coach at Georgia. He's coaching receivers at Georgia Tech and doing a fine job. Josh Crawford, by the way, is a guy that has paid paid some dues. So one year on key staff at Georgia Tech a year ago. Two years on the Western Kentucky staff, the Hilltoppers. And then prior to that, he spent 11 years coaching Georgia high school football. Started at uh, GAC, Greater Atlanta Christian. Goes to Jefferson County High School. Then heads down to South Georgia, Lee County High over in Albany. Goes over to my alma mater, Valdosta High School, coaches there. Goes to Colquitt County High School in Moultrie. 11 years coaching in the Georgia high school arena. And uh, now we'll leave tech and take the Georgia running back job. And let me sum this up too: what the, in college, these major college programs, wide receiver, coach, running back coach. Now, look, you got to be able to coach the X's and O's. All right. But these are really premier recruiting jobs. I mean, you're only going to get these running back and receiver jobs if you're a great recruiter. And that's exactly what Josh Crawford is. Great contacts in the uh, state of Georgia and uh, should be able to hit the ground running. There, I know what you're thinking, DT. You're thinking, come on, you could be the running back coach. You tell the guy, look, when they hand you the ball, run to daylight. I see it in your eye, brother. I see what you're saying, that these running back coaches, they don't do anything. When they hand you the ball, run to daylight. That's what you're thinking, isn't it, DT?
3: Yeah, we got to worry about pass, bro, and
2: protecting the ball, and et cetera. Well, Kirby's not going to hire some dummy, I can promise you that. But now it's even between key and... And Kirby, as far as the co- poaching each other's coaching staff.
3: We even talked about that last week in the bullpen, MeU, and Road Dog, uh, when you mentioned our, how worried are we about losing Del McGee or some other. And, of course, I mean, these are great coaches that you mentioned, great recruiters, great on-field coaches. But Kirby always seems to have plan A, B, C ready to go, and they're usually pretty good backup plans. So
2: Yeah, and Kirby now, he, he's getting some of the Nick Saban medicine, all right? And that is when you're ultra successful. What's going to happen? is now these other programs are going to come and they're going to poach those assistant coaches off your coaching staff. Gone. And what Saban was really good at until the very end was replacing those coaches, having people ready to step in and replace these coaches that are using the job as a stepping stone. They got better jobs somewhere else because they were on your staff. They're leaving, they're bolting, and you got to replace them. Saban did a marvelous job of that at Alabama. And Kirby Smart, so far, doing a really good job of that at Georgia. Thank you, Buck. Speaking of the Bulldogs, man, let's get to that Bulldog beat. The fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national
1: champion on the beat. 25 20, Mark's Highline 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! This is the Bulldog beat with Buck Balloon. presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent.
2: Yeah, we'll continue the conversation here. James Coley back on that staff at Georgia. Remember him? Former wide receiver coach. And that one year when Jim Chaney moved on, uh, Coley was the offensive coordinator. And boy, he got lambasted. He got criticized. Kirby ended up allowing him to leave. And he went and joined Jimbo Fisher out at College Station coaching up Texas A&M. Well, Coley's back over the weekend. Kirby... Brought him back, put him on the Georgia coaching staff. He returns as the wide receiver coach, replacing Brian McClendon. And here we go again. Coley, his reputation is an excellent recruiter, especially in the Miami, South Florida area, where there's a ton of big-time football players. There are a lot of guys that can run and run fast down in South Florida. Coley with great contacts down in Miami in the South Florida area. And I'm sure that he's going to be working that area very hard uh, in the upcoming recruiting classes. So Coley's back, plugged in this time as the wide receiver coach. And he and Josh Crawford are ready to hit that recruiting trail as Kirby gets ready to start spring football practice. Hey, I wanted to mention we got the combine coming up. We'll be talking a lot about that in the coming days. And Georgia with a number of players that are looking to improve their stock. And I want to just spend a minute here talking about the player for Georgia with the most to gain of any of the Georgia players that are at the NFL Combine this week. And that, I believe, is Amarius Mims, the offensive tackle. This is a deep offensive tackle class. And we're talking about a premium position with all the emphasis put on the, uh, the quarterback position in the National Football League, uh, the investment that you've got to make for your quarterback to have a franchise-caliber quarterback in your organization, you got to pay them a ton. So you got to protect them. And that offensive tackle spot is a premium position. And let me tell you, this recruiting class, you're going to see three or four of these guys go in the top 15 picks. And Amarius Mims is a guy that's all over that first-round board. Most uh these mock drafts, you're going to see Mims, and most of the time, you're going to see him back in the 20s, somewhere toward the back end of the first round. And then you see some of them where he might be a top 15 pick. He's only got eight starts. DT, is that, a red, is that a red flag to you when you hear Marius Mims? He's only started eight games
3: at Georgia. That seems hard to believe. Uh, yes. Yeah, because he has dealt with some injuries, so yeah, there's, a, there's some concern there. But he's played behind some really good players now, and he,
2: but he's played a lot of football. I bet he has over 30 games experience. Sure. He's only started eight. And Mims is a guy that has a chance to solidify his first-round status with a really good combine. I mean, the dude is 6'7", 340 pounds, and he's athletic, so he's massive. When when people put their eyes on him, these personnel guys, they're going to go, oh, wow, that's what an NFL offensive tackle should look like. And then with his athleticism, I'm talking about the, uh, the agility drill they run, uh, the 40 they'll run that. I don't really pay attention to that for an offensive lineman. Uh, but uh, the one-on-one drills, the bench press, he's really going to show out, and the meetings will be very impressive uh, for Amarius Mims, too. I think that's going to be very important for him. you got to impress these guys in these 15-minute meetings. But I believe Mims is a guy with the most to gain of any of these Georgia players, and so he better be ready to get in there and have him a big combine because if he does, we're talking about a chunk of change, folks. A chunk of change. Have you heard the latest with Eli Gold? Wait until you hear this. And plus, we're looking ahead. Texas Longhorns getting ready for spring football practice as they join the SEC. Georgia actually travels to play Texas this year. One of the big games this season. We'll uh, dive into a little Longhorn talk, too. You got the Buck show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
0: Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words. It's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com John. First Horizon Bank member FDIC.
4: Support for Extra 1063 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
2: We get the music, Nerny. <laughs>
3: you go, Hopper. Hubbard. Hopper's killing it today. Does he ever know? You sound surprised, Buck. No, I'll tell you what, he does a great job.
2: You do, too, DT. We appreciate your work. Engineer and producer today. You got it covered, no problem. And I tell you, I'm convinced, though, that I carry this philosophy, is that we're here in Atlanta, right? The college football voice of the South is what 680 the fan is. That's what we've always been. A melting pot of SEC and ACC Football program. It
3: does make it fun talking college football around here. And
2: sure. dude, we talk it year round, five days a week.
3: David, for 12 instance, twelve months out of the year. That was a tech man who just gave us our update. So get a little friendly back and forth Hubbard's with Hubbard. a tech man. He is a tech man. Wow, well, yeah. I did not know that. Oh yeah, he, he knows. He knows all I, of tech. I did know that sure. I came locked and loaded with
2: some college football news. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. tasty <laughs> time for the college football nugget presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com
2: yeah get a load of this Eli Go forced out over at Alabama gone after 30 some odd years of being their play-by-play man at Alabama forced out what was your initial reaction when you saw that story Buck uh, that uh, his health must not be good But it had nothing to do with the health because Eli's got him a new gig. Now, Alabama tried to force him into retirement, and he was not going to have any of it. And Eli Gold, uh, 70 years young now, saying, I'm not stepping away. I'm not retiring. He's now the new play-by-play voice of the Nashville Cats of the Arena Football League. So Eli's not going away. Eli's jumping into the Arena Football League. With the Nashville Cats. Good for Eli. He wasn't ready to retire. Uh got an look, we got an Alabama nugget, so we gotta have an Auburn nugget, right? Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers. Kick off spring football practice tomorrow. Oh blah, blah, blah. So they try to figure out how to win some football games over there on the plains. <laughs> Uh, Georgia and Texas play this year, first year in the SEC for the Longhorns. And with Alabama expected to take a step back this year without Nick Saban. Texas Longhorns look to be the biggest rival now for the Georgia Bulldogs as it relates to the upcoming season and winning the SEC. Getting that buy in the college football
3: playoffs. How about the biggest threat? We can't call Texas a rival yet, can we? I guess everybody in the SEC is kind of a rival. Rival to be. The biggest threat
2: to Georgia and the SEC. Texas Longhorns, man, they have been, they're trying to call themselves now RBU, running back U, Bajon Robinson. Boy, he was fantastic playing for the Longhorns. And then a year ago, they had that Jonathan Brooks. He's going to be a big time. He, he's some of the boards, the top rated running back in this year's draft coming out of Alabama. So Georgia and Kirby Smart getting their spring football practice cranked up here in a few days. And let me just say they need to get to work. Not that I'm trying to tell Kirby what to do. Get to work on uh, the stopping the run. Because when they, when the Bulldogs go to Austin, Texas, this upcoming season, They better be ready to stop the run, man. Because Texas, everybody talks about the quarterback and Sarkeesian wanting to throw that ball all over the yard. But they're loaded at the running back position again. And they should be. Look, they're they're Texas. Deepest pockets in college football. And they've got a young sophomore running back, C.J. Baxter. 6'1", 222 pounds. Out of Orlando, he was the top-rated running back recruit nationally when he signed with Texas, and he emerged late last season. Light came on. He flashed some of that skill set. Get ready to see Georgia trying to slow down C.J. Baxter, a young sophomore. They've also got a junior, Jaden Blue. Now, he spells it differently than I do. We're B-E-L-U-E. Uh, Jadon is uh, the color blue b l u e now i've had a lot of people through the years just use the color blue as hey blue what's going on man i've heard that a lot through the years but J-Don blue 6 foot 190 expected to have a breakout season showed flashes of being a an electric kind of player a guy that could disappear from 60 70 yards everybody could use a back like that The playing time that Baxter and Blue got last year, they averaged five and a half yards a carry. So it looks like very little drop-off at all with the Texas Longhorns at the running back position. So get ready for that, Georgia. Get ready for that. Hey, and one more uh, nugget for you here. The Georgia Sports Hall of Fame induction class went in over the weekend. I was really disappointed I couldn't be there this weekend in Macon. To be a part of that, I had some family commitments and the chili dip open on Friday. So I was unable to get down there. But my buddy Bill Shanks has a sports talk radio show, a radio show in Macon, and he had former Georgia Tech head coach Paul Johnson on. And boy, uh, the interview was was explosive. Uh, Paul Johnson Speaking out on Jeff Collins, who replaced him at Georgia Tech, Collins, I'm sure many people would agree, was dissing on Paul Johnson when he got the job. I mean, basically, Collins was saying, we're going to change everything, change everything. Yeah, he did. And it didn't work out. Collins, uh, 10 and 28 at Georgia Tech, really failed miserably as the Georgia Tech head coach. And Shanks got Johnson on talking about some of this criticism that rained down from Jeff Collins a couple of years back. You know, he just distorted everything when he got there. I mean, I'll i just call a spade a spade. I don't I don't care. I got no respect for the guy, so I can say what I want. He, he went in and distorted everything that was there and acted like we'd never won a game and lied about who he inherited, lied about the offensive line, lied about, you know us not going to the high schools in Georgia. He just told a bunch of whoppers, and it came back to get him. It I sure mean, because there wasn't much substance there. Woo! Yeah, whoppers, but Good for Paul Johnson, whopper. man. I, you know, no one coached Johnson like I do, I was a little surprised he held that in for so long. And good job by Bill Shanks getting him on, voicing some of those concerns. You know, and I, I sort of thought Jeff Collins was a clown, uh, the first indication of that is when I saw that prior to regular season games, Jeff Collins—it's good to use reps in, boys—had the players doing bench press <laughs> out on the field on the thirty-yard line. Had the bench press machines out on the field, and they were doing bench press.
3: Never seen it before, and haven't seen it since.
2: Uh, absolutely not. Uh, that was the first indication that he was a clown.
1: Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia
2: green since 1955. All right, I want to talk about that chili tip open. Uh, team Gorman, which Gorman is one of our uh, sales guys, does an excellent job here at 680 The Fan. But uh, we, uh, our team also included the suit, Scott McFarlane. Uh, Gorman, uh, Brian Finneran, also a member of the team. <laughs> and I'd been wanting to play golf with Fennerin for years. So that was a big thrill, riding with Finn. Two with goes Finn a long for, way. Uh, close to six hours. That's right, six hours. So that was awesome, being with Finn, who's a rock star in my book. And then myself. So it was McFarlane, Gorman, Fennerin and Ballou. We finished our team. We were nine under 63. Solid score, Booker. No, that's, that's uh, good. We clearly did not make enough putts. We didn't have the ball fall in the hole very much.
3: Was it? Was it some tough spots? A lot of times in those in those scrambles, you get some really difficult hole locations. Uh, the greens were perfect. Ooh, nice. They were perfect. Uh, quick
2: uh, putting down hills, really fast. I saw but, that hey, Twitter. These actually. were windy, gusty conditions as that front moved through. It rained early on Friday morning. And then that wind picked up, and so it was really, really tough uh, on the approach shots to get the ball close to the pin, at least for us. But uh, congratulations to the winning team: Jed, uh, Jed Turner, David Ruth, Eric Ford, and Joe Engel, eighteen under fifty-four. What for the winning team? I mean, th- those boys went low. Jed Turner, David Ruth, Eric Ford, Joe Engel, 18 under 54. How impressive is that? They blew our doors off. They made a lot more putts than we did. want to thank Bears Best, a uh, great host, looking to have a charity event. That'd be a great place to have it. But we came up a little bit short. A little bit short. That's going to do it for the Blue Show. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 to 11, here on The Fan. Nick and Chris are back from Florida, where they followed the Braves last week. I'm sure they got plenty of stories to tell. Stay tuned for them. Coming up next, here on The Fan.
1: Thank you, bud. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM, or download the Fan app.